Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall and is for the title of greatest podcast ever made. Introducing first, from San Diego, California, Austin Cook. And from Odessa, Texas, Caleb McLemore. And these two together make up the Internet World Order. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the new episode of the Internet World Order podcast. Today is a special day, as every day is a special day. Why is that, you ask? Because today we are once again going to be talking about the big blue Boy Scout, the Man of Steel, Krypton's last son. That man is Superman. But the thing is, is it, this isn't specifically just an episode talking about Superman as who he is, but rather what's going to happen with Superman in the future, because there has been some very big news that came out this last week. And I'm sure that a lot of people have probably already heard it and read about it and seen it. So this is nothing new, but the thing is, is that it left a lot of people very confused or curious as to where Superman is going to go in the future. That is definitely one way to put it because I just, for myself, I'm just kind of a, I'm just kind of a, just not, I'm trying to think of the right way to put it, like, just uh, frustrated because I know people have seen, like Austin's alluding to, they're apparently going to pin a Superman reboot and it just has people like myself so confused because it's like, People like Henry Cavill. Uh, Henry Cavill loves to play Superman. And obviously we don't know, like he might be in the reboot, which would make it even more confusing. I wouldn't be against it because I want to see more of him, but there's just a lot going on. And it's just, like I said, it, it just left me very confused and frustrated. Yeah. And I think a big thing, I kind of remember at first, when I, I'm sure the reaction was a little different, but for uh, the new Suicide Squad movie with James Gunn, a lot of people, the initial reports when they were writing it was, oh, it's going to be a reboot. Oh, it, it's a complete reboot. It's not a sequel to the original Suicide Squad. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, well, what does that mean? Like, what does that mean for the DC universe? Like, everything's getting rebooted because everyone was freaking out about, like, the entire course of the DCEU because everything was just so fluctuating and changing and i mean we're literally getting Zack snyder's justice league the snyder cut which i didn't i never thought that was going to happen no one being completely on and it's virtually unprecedented like something like that would happen to begin with i mean i'm thankful because it's cool that Zack snyder got to finish his vision because quick little rabbit trail Zack snyder's a really nice guy (laughs) like he i've watched interviews with him and like He's just a very kind, normal, good person. And I've only heard good things about people who work for him. I mean, you can see like comments from like Cass and crew who are just like, I love Zack Snyder. So number one, good for him. It's just cool to see him be able to complete it. What, however way you feel about his movies. I know not everyone's a huge loving fan, but it's cool that he's getting that. And it's just unprecedented times that we're living in where we get a, a four hour recut of a movie four years after the original movie got released into theaters that's crazy and with that there is this big change in dc comics and comics themselves are just going through a big change we're living in a post endgame comics society and with that dc's trying to establish who they are and what they're going to do and i mean we're getting a another batman like the cool thing is, is we get to keep Batfleck. I'm really excited that Ben Affleck's coming back as Batman in whatever capacity that he's in. It's really cool because I actually really like his Batman. And oh, I did too. And you go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say I did too. I mean, I even, even to the surprise of some of my friends when they stared at me like as though I just committed a crime by saying I liked Ben Affleck's version. But uh, it, it, to your point, of like that's why I feel like sometimes this reboot it just feels. I mean, kind of seems to be the theme that DC's been in for the last few years of forced uh, because 
they see like, oh, Marvel's done with Endgame. And they're kind of in this nebulous state because things like, we don't know where the Eternals disappeared off to. It was supposed to come out at the end of last year. And now we don't even have trailers for it. And yeah. uh, so DC's like, oh, here's our chance. We could make a foothold and we could, you know, and it's just like, to your point, Austin, like, it's just, it's a mess. Yeah, it's, and granted that happens. And with comics, especially, it's easy for that to happen. So I'm kind of forgiving about all that. <laughs> like, I understand how difficult it is to be, to like manage all this IP and all these different licenses and all these different characters while trying to figure out what the future is. Because if your first approach doesn't work, like then your entire plan screwed up because I mean, comic book movies are a lot of money and oh, yeah. granted they're, they're high risk, high return, but you know, there's still a lot of planning to be involved in. I mean, look at Kevin Feige, look at what he has created. <laughs> look at, like I said, that the empire that, man deserves, that he's built. Yeah. That man deserves a like medal of honor for like, he kept executives off of his, well, I'll say after age of Ultron, cause they age of Ultron when they got, we didn't leave because of constant interference. I don't know what magic Agatha Harkness packed that Feige made, but he's managed to keep Disney executives. Now, for those that wonder why I'm specifying, he kept Disney executives from interfering with his plans. That's impressive. That's unheard of. Again, unprecedented. <laughs> like... We're getting Zack Snyder's Justice League and Kevin Feige has no interference in his plan for billions and billions of dollars on the line for superhero movies and toys. And now Disney Plus series is like, this is serious. Like comics are a big thing. And whether or not you like comic book movies, number one, you don't have to. So I, I know they dominate a lot of like the pop culture conversation. And it's probably because a lot of people love them. So if you don't, that's fine. But these are big major parts of the business now, whether people like it or not. This is what sells. This is what a lot of people want to really see. That's why there's so much money that goes into these that goes into these kinds of things. So with that in mind, we're looking at DC, who was a little late to the game. And there's nothing wrong with that, because the beautiful thing about DC is that their characters have been around for ages and people have always loved them for a very long time. Oh, yeah. And we're still, I mean, I know we said this in a previous episode, I'm still convinced DC heroes are held to a higher standard than the Marvel heroes when it comes to quality. Yeah, yeah, I agree. (laughs) I I love, I prefer D, well, I'm not going to say I prefer, I just, I have a more emotional rooted connection with DC because that was what made up a lot of my childhood and what I was magnetized to. I still love Marvel too. I mean, like Spider-Man, come on. And the thing about DC is that they started late in the game and they chose a filmmaker that whether people not will like his style or not has a very unique approach to cinema and filmmaking. And Mm -hmm. with that, there's always going to be detractors. So (laughs) unfortunately for a lot of, I think Warner brothers was in a tough position to decide where to go forward from this because they didn't have as big of a plan because instead of just Kevin Feige kind of creating this, this big blueprint for people to follow and then they follow it. Warner brothers was basically under committee and then Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder did have a plan as we've seen with, I mean, if you've been following him on Vero, which I think is the only account that he's like super, super active on, like you see him on Twitter and all that, but he's everywhere. He, had this plan for three justice league movies and he had this big idea for what was going to happen between all these movies. And like, we were going to start dark with man of steel and Batman V Superman, and then move our way up into like these characters becoming what we'd known and love. And there was a lot of pressure on Zack Snyder. (laughs) Oh yeah. Cause I mean, you're, you literally have, you're given the mantle like of the, the most iconic hero of them all in Superman. I mean, it's like, was it like Q rating is the thing of like how well known you're, you are around the world mm-hmm. or like your brand is like, if you did like a A through F tier of like superhero brands, Superman would be pun someone intended 
in the S tier. <laughs> and the only other two symbols that would be right there next to him would be Batman and Spider-Man. And Wonder Woman pretty close too. Wonder Woman would be kind of like in that mid because thanks to the, like, you know, uh, movies good and good run of comics and stuff mm-hmm. like being that between A and S. Yeah. If we're just talking DC, like absolutely she's up there easy. But um, as you were saying, the the thing with Superman is that he's one of the most iconic international superheroes ever. Like he, mm-hmm. he's everywhere. He's in all forms of popular media, but he is notoriously hard to sell to audiences that are going to a movie and whatever that may be. Maybe it's just, it's hard to write for Superman because he's borderline invincible and maybe that's the case. Maybe it's just his character gets interpreted in so many different ways and people want to take it in different directions. And that's something that people have lobbed at Snyder several times that he doesn't under- understand Superman, which is wrong. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to straight up say that because he does understand Superman, but having a different cake on the uh, a different cake. Wow. Having a different <laughs> take and a different approach to how this character becomes who they are may not work for everybody and people are going to have problems with that so when henry cavill got announced number one he just looks like superman like he he looks like yeah like people love christopher reeves because he looked exactly like christopher reeve like came out when he did his movies and the way my dad would put it he's like he literally looked like what he saw when he would watch the old superman cartoons like in the you know from the 50s Mm -hmm. and Henry Cavill looked like he literally walked out of the comic book. Yeah. He he looked amazing. like the, the modern day version of Superman. Because the thing with Superman was like Superman wasn't always buff back in the day. And especially like in the Christopher Reeve era. Like, you know, granted, he looked like he could, you know, he looked like he was in shape. Like, <laughs> I'll just put yeah. it that way. Henry Cavill looks like the Superman that we know and love that is built like a Roman gladiator. And he just embodied that character and he just had the charm and the look and the voice and he was great. Mm -hmm. But the thing about this is that I think a lot of people did not like this interpretation of Superman because they felt like he was either too dark or he wasn't the character that they grew up knowing, knowing and loving, but it takes time to get to that character. Otherwise they're just that character And then that's it. And I think that Zack Snyder had a bigger plan for Superman's overall story arc. And you can not like the overall arc of it. You can maybe not like the idea that he makes or the choices that he he takes. But it is what it is. But I think a lot of people just kind of had this backlash to him when he first kind of showed up. Not because he doesn't fit the role of Superman, but because of the approach that was taken in presenting him now, because so many people love him and they were worried because they're like, well, we don't know how to feel about this. And it continued with Batman V Superman and like the darkness. And they're like, is this really Superman? I, I, it was, I love this Superman, but a lot of people you were saying, Oh, well it's too soon for all this to happen. And Oh, well I, I don't, think that this is the appropriate way to present Batman. You're juggling all these different characters and ideas. And because of this, it may seem like we're just talking about Henry Cavill as Superman the whole time, but we'll get to that. The thing (laughs) is, I'm concerned that they are going to replace Henry Cavill as Superman. And I don't like that. (laughs) I don't either. And like, just before we get into that, I just, to your point of when you're talking about how people had this backlash, for so many people that claim to hate Superman, they sure have a lot of opinions about him, like of like how he should be portrayed. And it's like, you wouldn't have those opinions if you hated him. You would have those. You only have those opinions if you like the character. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And so people like, well, Marvel didn't have that problem, like, because Iron Man's not as popular as Superman. I mean, mm-hmm. he's obviously super popular now, but yeah. in two thousand eight, he wasn't. No, he was almost. Well, I wouldn't say unheard of. But he was, quote unquote, B or C list character. And they really took a risk on that, which I really admire Marvel for, actually, for Mm -hmm. (laughs) taking Iron Man, casting him perfectly and then making a movie that really kicked off a franchise that a lot of people around the world love. It's hard to do that. And I think 
with Superman and especially with Batman, even worse for Batman, there is an unfair amount of expectations and pressure to get these characters perfectly, which might be part of the fan base too. Like, you know, every fan base has issues and there's just such a reverence and passion about these characters that if it doesn't come across the way that it was expected, or if it diverges from what the character has always been known for, people get upset to put it. Oh yeah. I mean, well, I mean, and we've also seen really good portrayals of the characters. Like we already said, Christopher Reeve, um, Michael Keaton and Christian Bell both did a phenomenal job. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why there's such a huge standard whenever you announce a Joker, because uh, Jack uh, Nicholson <laughs> was, because I think he's insane in real life, and I think that helps. And um, uh, he just walked and on set course, and he's like, "I'm Joker now." <laughs> yeah, just, just, just paint my face white, I'll be fine. And um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, of course, and we, of course, and we went on and on about what Heath Ledger did. So it's like, we've had these really good performances. So like you said, like just, that's what makes it difficult. And that's why like to see, to swing it back to what we've been talking about, like that's why with the reboot, I'm just sitting here going, we're about to get back on the roller coaster again. <sighs> and, and the thing I'm, is, just, oh, go ahead. you can only get on the roller coaster so much before you start to get motion sickness. Yeah. People will eventually get bored or not bored, but like just fed up with it and they'll go away. And yeah, we've seen it in comic books. That's why they're not selling. People just eventually go, stop rebooting it. We can only take when you've rebooted six times in five years. Yeah. And calm down. The other problem too, is that a lot of things are moving to digital. And I, I, cause I know a lot of people that read digital comics for like, in a different capacity, like web comics are a huge thing now, but it's Mm -hmm. hard to gauge the metric of how many people are reading that and how much revenue it's producing because the comics industry is still a business. And I think for like the thing with superheroes for the most part is that a lot of it is, I mean, nerds are a very hardcore and niche group of people. And I say that as a nerd, so <laughs> I know the risk that comes with making these kinds of movies because the most the people who are the most passionate about it and the most vocal about it are also in the minority to the audience that needs to consume it. I had this argument one time with my sister when back when I was much younger. Like I get it now mm-hmm. as an adult, but back when I was being a you know pre you know like I think I was like twelve or something, being all like, oh they didn't get this right, get that right. And my sister just looked at me and goes, you know, it's not the hardcore fans that make these movies profitable, right? Yeah. I went, what? What? And she goes, if every hardcore fan went out and saw the movie, it would lose massive amounts of money. You yeah. need the casual fan. Without it, you don't make money. Yeah. And that, that kind of took time for me to come to understand that. And they were completely right. Because <laughs> I have looked into that. And the, the thing that I'm going to harp on really quickly, too is that the entertainment industry, particularly with film, particularly with comics, they call it the film business for a reason. Mm -hmm. They call it show business for a reason. Because (laughs) while there is art involved, it's still a business. And there's a certain amount of art to be applied to a lot of these things, which is cool about like movies like what Ape 24 has been producing for the most part. I loved Hereditary. I'm really excited. I'm going to watch St. Maud pretty soon. I'm really excited for the Green Knight. But like, you know, there's that unique art to it. But still, those are risks because they're not just immediately bankable choices. But they have gained the trust of their followers because they've consistently taken risks and established a consistency with the audience that makes money. Granted, it's not Mm -hmm. comic book money, but it's still cool that these movies are being made. And right now, superhero movies and comic book movies, they have the floor. They have the spotlight. When Endgame came out, almost every theater I saw, all of it was just only showing Endgame because it was just selling out like crazy. No one wanted to compete with it. (laughs) They had to make new time slots so people could come in and see it. I have one friend and I, if you're listening to this, (laughs) I will continue to mock you for this, who went and saw it. How many times did he tell me? 17? And uh he saw it and yes, I will still times. mock you. 
That's what he told me. That's impressive. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I was just, because he's like, I want to be number one. I'm like, I want to be above Avatar. I'm like, Disney owns that too. It's like you're giving them a second medal. But yeah. um, they and the thing about filmmakers is that most filmmakers are not like, I need my movie to be the highest selling movie of all time. I mean, I'm sure they'd love it, but I can almost guarantee that a lot of artists are like, I want movies that are successful. Continue to let me continue to tell my stories and my work that I want to tell. And yep. that's really cool. But and a lot of people are able to tell those kinds of stories that they love through comics book through comic books because they grew up on comic books. James Mm -hmm. Gunn has talked about, I mean, he's been posting all these different like covers of like different comic books that he's read, ones that he loves, ones that he finds strange, ones that have inspired and influenced him. And you see these with a lot of other people. Like a lot of the people who are making these films are huge fans of these things. So like the thing is, is people will be like, oh, well, it's just, you know, like it's just these corporate companies and like their IP and whatnot. But it's a collaboration between people who love it and people who own it and also may love it, love it. And yeah, there's just so much writing on these because you have to try and gear it towards various different kinds of audiences. And the thing is, is like, let's just come out and say it. Younger people and oftentimes kids tend to make up a big chunk of the superhero audience because of the themes and the kinds of stories that they tell. Now, granted, we are grown men, but we love these things. <laughs> I mean, it's like one, as one guy put it, he goes, for every one person who will buy the $500 perfect metal replica Captain America shield, there will be 5,000 kids that buy the $20 cheap plastic one. Exactly. There's, it's generational love, and it's something that a lot of people different ages can enjoy. I get annoyed when people are like, superhero movies are just for kids. I'm like, no superhero movies are for everyone and Mm -hmm. the cool thing is that kids can also watch them and love these characters as much as i did when i was their age like yeah (laughs) that's how i feel and Um, yeah with superman go go ahead i was gonna say and if you're wondering like why this long like rabbit trail when we're talking about like when you had something this whole thing with superman being rebooted that's why i'm frustrated with it because for everything Austin just said about how like it's a high risk, there's a lot of money. And if you do it well, as Iron Man proved, because I think it's safe to say the first Iron Man, they did not have this like huge 20 movie empire in mind when they made Iron Man one. They just wanted to make a good movie. Well, they, they so, had a sketch, but they didn't quite have the blueprint as we know it now. Right. You're right. And they, they probably had like, if we're lucky, we might get a trilogy and, uh, and so now companies are aware of, oh, if this movie's really good, look at what it can spawn. And so I'm sitting here going, okay, so you've secured a Superman that people like, and the character the actor himself likes to play him. And yeah, like the DC movies are polarizing, people have their beefs with them, mm-hmm. but rebooting is not the way to go. At least I don't think it is. And that's how this all circles back just for those of y'all wondering like how do these connect that's how you might think that we're rabbit trailing but all of this context is crucial to this entire like topic of conversation because it's such a big business related thing and the film business will always be a business before it is art making and Mm -hmm. especially with art that profits off of them there's gonna be more People, there's going to be more cooks in the kitchen. There's going to be more hands involved. There's going to be a lot more kind of tangling and fighting over what the right thing to do is. And yes. with the DC series, and I, I, I like Zack Snyder. I, I like majority of his movies. Um, and I, I like him as a filmmaker and as a person from what I've seen. I feel like maybe starting with someone who has such a unique vision may have frightened or thrown people off to what they had known as the dominant source of superhero media. And they had adverse reactions to some of it. And some people loved it and some people hated it. And other people were in the middle because they didn't know how to feel. And that happens. It's just something that happens when you make art, when you make movies that require this much attention and passion 
and have such fan bases that have been literally raging for almost like a hundred years coming up on like the thirties or whatnot soon. Like, cause Superman has been around since 1938. Mm-hmm. These yeah, things and- are important to people. And when you reboot characters, like when they rebooted after the dark Knight trilogy, which made sense because Christopher Nolan, oh, number one, it's amazing that Christopher Nolan made a trilogy because <laughs> I think he only yeah. wanted to make like one. The crazy thing, and he was really young when he made Batman Begins, and he did an astoundingly good job at such a young age. And the thing with that is that it was set within its own little universe and its own rules, and it didn't try to still tell a story beyond Batman, beyond what mm-hmm. his struggle was. There was no allusions to Superman. There was no Wonder Woman. There was no anything else. It was telling a story, and it followed its rules that it was set in. Now, with the Man of Steel and Henry Cavill and his Superman, it started off that way with little Easter eggs thrown in there. And I think they tried to build up this universe, but with characters like this, you got to take your time sometimes, or you have to find a way to really finagle them in without rushing it and giving them the room to breathe. Yeah. It's hard to do that. (laughs) Oh, very hard. I mean, and, and you just don't, and the thing is too, when you're trying to make a long wine, like a, especially when you're trying to make a really long-term plan and it's something that is so determined and so dependent upon people's reactions. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's, it's like make, I don't know. I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of how to put this. Cause it's like, since you don't know how people are going to react at any moment, people might not react the way you think they will to something. And so then you, like you're saying earlier, then you're kind of stuck of like, well, what do we do with this? They didn't go along with this. Like they, we thought they would. And yeah, to your point earlier, like of Zack Snyder just being kind of a bold choice to start off with, mm-hmm. it would kind of be like if James Gunn made the first Iron Man, people would kind of be confused. Right. It, number one, it would have been very different, but yeah. <laughs> I, and I know a lot of people have kind of mentioned, and this is going to lead into the next part of the conversation. A lot of people were like, I think Zack Snyder would be a perfect choice to tell an Elseworld story. And yeah. number one, I, I agree with that. <laughs> I think he's going to go full bonkers. Yeah. Let, let him be Zack Snyder. And I think he would tell a great Dark Knight Returns, Kingdom Come. All of oh, those yeah. like in that realm of stories. I think that would be awesome. That's like right up his alley. And the fact that he even did what he did with Man of Steel and Batman versus Superman is kind of impressive anyway, especially when you're in basically what is this higher ranking. This has to go through every single person. Like you can't just make choices on your own. It led to what we have now as what is basically a reboot of Superman. And the thing with that, we don't even know what that means yet. There's a lot of speculation running rampant and what i wish would happen with the dceu is that they would have a main continuity and then they have elseworld stories that allow other directors to kind of like take risks or do whatever they want with the characters in completely established continuities which i think is what is happening right now especially with the batman or not just yeah the batman and of course you had joker Mm -hmm. so people and, and despite what your feelings on Joker may be, a lot of people do feel like that movie was basically an Elseworld story when you kind of not, I was going to say red, but it kind of came across as one actually, I think. And, I agree. Yeah. And, uh, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just as in so many situations in life, lack of communication creates chaos. That's that's a big thing. And that that's the problem that I was kind of going to allude to is like we don't have this fully established especially in movies because like yes, I know in the TV show they did Crisis on Infinite Earths, but not everyone watches that that is the casual movie going audience that you're trying to sell this to. And yep. if you don't establish that early, people are going to be confused. They're going to be like what's going on? Like what movie am I watching? Is this a sequel? Is this a reboot? I don't know what's happening. And I'm hoping that the DCEU will establish that there is a multi. And I think they're going to do that with the flash. I like, I'll put five bucks down. 
that (laughs) (laughs) the flash which is not much but the flash will most likely introduce to us the idea of the multiverse even if it's just hinting at it or presenting just the surface level of the multiverse as we are coming to understand it because the thing that dc does really well they know how to multiverse they're really good at that and yeah i just until they're (laughs) going to get too crazy with it because like we've said before it's the reason why crisis on infinite earth was needed in the first place because they went a little too multiverse happy you've got to establish it without making it become confusing and the thing is is they can go full board on that and as long as they just have the understanding that hey this is happening in this universe that's fine like i mean the hbo max tv series that they have now like titans is in a different universe because ian glenn is batman in that one (laughs) like very very different from robert pattinson and ben affleck as long as you establish the rules of what you're going into i have no problem with that and i think my initial reaction to the news about superman was confusion It, it was like you know it was confusion a weird sense of kind of excitement and also a little bit of concern. And I know those things all might seem conflicting, but bear <laughs> with me <laughs> because well, I just seems like a normal announcement. <laughs> right. But there's times like when I heard the blue beetle announcement, yay. When they're going to have mm-hmm. Jaime as the blue beetle and they have a, they uh, hired a Hispanic actor or a Latin actor. I'm sorry, a Latin director, blah, 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 a Latin director to helm the movie. Like, I just got excited. Like, that's cool. That's really cool that they're doing that. And we're going to see a new character that a lot of people aren't familiar with. And number two, we're going to get possibly a different story because I don't know of many superhero stories that take place in El Paso. So (laughs) that, that that itself, like just the setting (laughs) of it and like the idea that we're getting a Spanish led cast by a character that has not been used in mainstream media as often as Superman is super cool. Now, when news broke out that J.J. Abrams was producing the Superman reboot, number one, everyone reframed it as a reboot. There was no debate on whether it was a reboot or not. With Tenehisi Coates, I'm I'm hoping I'm saying that correctly. If not, please correct me. But he has written for comics before. He really made his name writing for The Atlantic and writing uh, different books and novels and really kind of establishing himself as a writer with a lot of political subtext and political content. And he is popular. He wrote a a Black Panther series that I like called uh, A Nation Under Our Feet. I I did enjoy that. Uh, He wrote for Captain America as well. People have feelings about that. And there's a lot of, (laughs) I mean, people are going to debate all day whether or not, you know, they're like, oh, well, I don't know how I feel about this. And understandably, there's questions about what happens and going forward, since they say it's a reboot, these are the people that we brought on because it's obviously going to be a different story because JJ Abrams has a different story to tell than Zack Snyder does. They have very different styles with this new approach. And the thing is, is like there's been rumors for a long time that WB want Michael B. Jordan to come in and take over as a real Superman. I don't think that's a bad thing. Number one, because Michael B. Jordan actually would be really good in the role. (laughs) That's just my personal opinion. But I think people are concerned. They're just going to boot Henry Cavill. They're going to be like, okay, well, this first Superman didn't work. Um, We're going to now have a new Superman and we're just going to reboot him and make him black. And Caleb, take it away. (laughs) Thank you. I was like, no, I was like, cool. I was because I mean, all I think like first when I heard like they might, he might get booted, like that Rick and Morty thing. I was like, boo, not cool. And, uh, boo this man, (laughs) (laughs) boo this man. But, um, the thing is, it's like, I do like JJ Abrams for the most part. Like the thing is you grabbed a guy who I don't hate the star Wars sequels as much as most people do. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe because I grew up having to defend the prequels, so I get where I get it. But um, <laughs> uh, uh, he's been nicknamed. He a lot of people call him Jar Jar Abrams now. 
I don't like that. And, <laughs> well, because that's how upset they are with how he with Star Wars. And so you take a guy who already people are pretty on shaky ground with when it comes to you know handling well established franchises, and another person like you said, and not because I know he has a resume, but it's just people are now have this fear that it's going to get overly political, like overtly, like not in the, like a subtle way or in a, you can see it if you're looking for it, but you know, like in a, it's going to pound your face, like just punching you in the face with just a political message and a leaning and just like taking your wallet and showing all the pictures of your kids and then repeatingly it's like slapping it into the face of the person you're showing. Like, yeah, <laughs> and, and my kids. Like, like, I mean, luckily I'm not, if you had heard us before we were recording, I, I kind of got a little heated and went on a rant. So we got that out of our systems beforehand. So, uh, right. and, and another thing I think like we talked about, especially with this is like, there's no problem with having these characters be introduced, like I have no problem with the black Superman. And if they choose anyone, Michael B. Jordan is an awesome choice there. There's no problem with that whatsoever. And if they reboot it, I'm curious to see how they would introduce that. Because if you take Henry Cavill and then just all of a sudden he's Michael B. Jordan, like people are going to be like, I'm, I'm confused. Like, <laughs> no, they're not, they're not, I'm confused. They're going to say I'm out. Like, <laughs> I, I, I don't like, and well, I'm just saying in the context of like, if they introduce him into the universe and just like, he's still with Amy Adams, like, it, yeah, it, it's just like nothing changed. Yeah. They're just like, Oh, Hey Clark. Like <laughs> it doesn't, it, and the it, thing is, and it, it doesn't fit I, into that. And like, I wish a part of me just wishes they had either started that way. And another part of me really just wishes that DC would use black characters that they already have instead of just yes. saying like, Oh, this Superman didn't work. Let's just make him make, black, which make my, make Michael B. Jordan, Joe Stewart. Oh my gosh. That's so all you good. have to do. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that's, that. That's, that's so good. <laughs> that's all you have to do. I mean, he's, he's too old now to play static shock because he needs to be a teenager. Mm-hmm. So just make him John Stewart because yeah. DC or, Heck, you want to grab an obscure one so you can kind of do like what Robert Downey Jr. did with uh, uh, Iron Man? Have him be Mr. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Like, pick someone that you would not expect mm-hmm. and then just make them into a big deal. Like, And Marvel literally took D-list superheroes, I honestly would say F-list, F-list superheroes mm-hmm. in the Guardians of the Galaxy and made them a household name. You could do that with characters that haven't been talked about much or don't get used a whole lot. It's like I was telling Austin before we recorded the reason why movies like blue beetle took so long to finally get announced is because they're doing things like mulling over whether or not the change out Superman instead of just using already like other characters that they, they could just push to the forefront. Like that's why it took us so long to finally get blade back into a Marvel anything. Mm-hmm. Well, that and I think there was some like licensing issues. <laughs> I think I that, see that, that also might have been a thing because I think New Line like had the rights to Blade for a little while, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't seem no, to find the words I, there for a second. I know <laughs> it's, it's cool. I'm just saying, like it. It's like you, if you go any anybody, if you look it up on Amazon, go see at a bookstore, or whatever. Both Marvel and DC have these real like thick books. It's like the Marvel or the DC Encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. And it has almost every character they've ever talked about or ever written, whether they're, you know, the big names like a Superman or the heroes that I will always cheer for, even though most people don't know who he is of like booster gold and everyone in between. I love and booster. I love booster gold. <laughs> I do too. DC hire me. I will dye my hair blonde to play him. I'll work, and, um, I'll work for free just to see booster gold come to life. I know, but, um, when you look through the encyclopedias for both companies, they have a lot of black characters. They have a lot of uh, Hispanic characters, Asian characters, like uh, female characters. They have so many that you could choose without having a race swap. And that's where my frustration comes from mm-hmm. of like, like it comes across as the worst kind of pandering when you yeah. it, just it switch feels, stuff out. It feels patronizing to just like, 
instead of giving these characters or creating new characters, they're just giving them, they're like, oh, well, uh, we'll just make Superman black, which again, I'm going to reiterate making Superman black is not a bad thing. And it can't Val Zod is literally in the comics. He's a black Superman and there's nothing wrong with it whatsoever. Like the thing is, is like, I feel like this is just a common trend of taking a movie or taking a character that's already been done and then just going, oh, well, look, like it's different now because we made it with black people or we made it with women. That's like a big thing that they do. And I don't feel like it's doing justice for these characters, especially when you already have characters that you can tell these stories with. Like, don't just recycle these stories for them. Give them the stories that they deserve. I don't understand why that's so hard. Well, it's because of, well, it's because they're choosing to be lazy over being creative. And a great example, since you talk about Christopher Nolan, um, Lucius Fox that most people now would be like, Oh, he's yeah. He's now like, he's joined at the hip now with Bruce Wayne. And it's like, well accepted Canon that Lucius basically is like the gadget inventor for Batman, or at least he provides the funds to get it done mm-hmm. or not provides the funds, but like he gets the resources together to get the materials. Bruce needs to fight crime as Batman. Mm-hmm. That was Christopher Nolan that did that. Yep. Lucius Fox was a comic book. He didn't create them. Lucius Fox existed in the comics. I mean, actually, as I've been rewatching the Batman animated series, mm-hmm. he gets mentioned in a few of the episodes. And so Christopher Nolan grabbed an already known character or well, not known, but like he grabbed a character that did exist and then pushed him into the spotlight. Mm-hmm. And now he's a big deal. Yep. That's all you have to do. DC and Marvel. It's that right. easy. And I'm saying this from a place of like loving these characters and like I I understand how hard the creative process is. So I'm not like I'm not trying to take a dump on any of these companies that own these IPs and are working because if we're being completely honest, a lot of the time the stuff that they make is really good. If you've seen Young Justice, you know, it's really good. (laughs) If you've seen a lot of the MCU, it's popular and a lot of people love these movies like it's they made awesome. Ant-Man a big deal, which is crazy. Right. They, they made Ant-Man awesome. And it's not like they don't understand the characters. It's just hard to make this happen. And I feel like there's hesitation sometimes for people to break from the norm and just use characters that might not be as popular as Superman. And I fully believe that they can make a Black Lightning movie with static shock yes. in it. And the TV show has been on for, I think, four, maybe five seasons now. It's been mm-hmm. watched. Like, obviously, there's a big audience that watches it and loves it. So yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't keep making seasons if there weren't. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I would love to see these characters come to life. And here's a little funny story. When I was really young, I grew up with the Justice League TV series on Cartoon Network. It's amazing. Yes. I grew up with the John Stewart Green Lantern. And I wasn't quite into comics yet at the time, but as I was getting older, I would read like Spider-Man. I'd read some Batman. I'd read in there. This is before I really, really got into Green Lantern. I wasn't as familiar with the lore. And I also grew up post 90s. So like everyone was still mad at like the previous incarnation of Green Lantern, a.k.a. Hal Jordan. (laughs) We'll get to that. That's a whole other topic in itself. But like Hal Jordan basically became one of the biggest villains in DC Comics after being the most popular Green Lantern. And Mm -hmm. I grew up with Jon Stewart. So when I saw that they were making a Green Lantern movie with Hal Jordan and Ryan Reynolds, I got super mad because I thought that Green Lantern was supposed to be black. I thought that they were whitewashing this character. I was like, like, what what is wrong with you guys? Like, he's black. Like, what's so hard about this? And then to my knowledge, I understood that like Hal Jordan actually had come before. So (laughs) shows how much that character made an imprint on you. I mean, I joked how like, obviously uh, I was in the same boat as you. I kind of, I mean, I'd seen some of the super friends when it was on reruns on cartoon network. Mm -hmm. So I had heard of Hal Jordan, but I basically grew up with Jon Stewart as well. Mm -hmm. I, it was a while. It wasn't until I started reading comics that, I realized, you know, Wally West is not the original Flash. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so, but that just tells you, like, 
because John Stewart was not just Hal Jordan, but black. He had mm-hmm. his own personality and mm-hmm. his own like goals and flaws and like the way he uses the ring is different than how Hal Jordan uses it. Because Hal Jordan's arrogant. Yeah. And, <laughs> He's and not cocky. Guy Gardner, but he <laughs> Oh no, well no one's Guy Gardner, so <laughs> um but and it and it and it worked. And to your point, you talk about static shock, another hero. Like I loved that cartoon. Like I flip, I got to add it on my list of things I need to watch. Cause it's on HBO max now. Cause I adored that show. Mm-hmm. And you know, you are successful when they have Batman team up with you at some point. Yeah. They trust you. <laughs> that That's like your coming of age moment is you get to work with Batman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, the other thing I was going to say about all of this is like, you know, obviously I'm going to give this movie a chance and I'm really curious to see where they go with it. I know that no matter what people are going to most likely be upset or they're going to have issue with how some of the story is going. I am of the belief like, yes, I was a little taken aback and I I'm a little confused and I don't know what to feel about where the direction of the stories go. I have no problem with JJ Abrams. I know some people are like, you're a bastard, but I don't care. <laughs> I love the Star <laughs> Treks. I love Lost. I love Cloverfield. Bite me. I <laughs> am willing to give this team a chance because I feel like they have a vision for it. They have an idea of where they want to go. And whatever changes they make, that's up to them. And obviously, it's going to be beyond our control at a certain point because I feel like they're going to stick to their guns no matter what changes they make. I would like for them to keep Henry Cavill around. If they introduce Val Zod or if they change Superman to a different actor, so be it. You know what? That's fine. I would like transparency with what the plan is and where they're going with it because the word reboot and then the uncertainty of what comes with the characters that we've already become familiar with and the origin stories that we've already processed and gone through, it's a lot. And I want to see these movies succeed. I want to see DC succeed this way. You, do you know what I'm saying? No, no. We're literally summing up, like, when I said earlier, like, people not reading com- reading the comics because of so many reboots. They're doing the movie equivalent. And people just eventually get burnt out and tired. I mean, look at Marvel. For better... Oh, actually, I can't say for worse because it's all been for better. They've stuck to their guns. Mm-hmm. Like when Iron Man 2 was not as well received as the first one, they kept going. Yeah. When Thor 1 was, it's an enjoyable ride. It's a, it's a decent movie. Mm-hmm. And then Thor 2 was boring. Mm-hmm. And they stuck to it. And then we got Thor Ragnarok. And it's amazing <laughs> and hilarious. And, uh, I heard that the MCU was a little shaky after age of Ultron because Disney execs were starting to well be Disney execs. And then they stuck to their guns and all you got to do is look at the scoreboard of it clearly worked out. <laughs> scoreboard. And, <laughs> yeah. Scoreboard. And, um, and now we get, and now they're letting people go weird. Like mm-hmm. we've seen with WandaVision. Yeah. And this is what happens when you stick to your guns. Mm-hmm. And so, them rebooting like this with Superman, like that's why it frustrates me. What I'm hoping, and the reason why I just, and it just popped in my head as you were talking, mm-hmm. what I'm hoping is, I think the reason why you haven't seen them say a whole lot is because I think they're waiting to see how the Snyder Cut does. Oh, absolutely. I, I feel like they've had to misdirect so much in terms of yeah. like where they're going to go. And like if the J.J. Abrams Superman is a reboot, but it's like, a different continuity or if it's a different universe. I'm curious to see where that goes. I just want transparency. I want to know where these things are going. If you change Superman, that's fine. If it's Michael B. Jordan, awesome, because I like him a lot. That's great. But the communication of that, number one, okay, there's just like a list of things I want to rattle off. Communicate. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it sounds super stupid and basic, but that's all I want. It solves so many problems. <laughs> and like, to, I mean, and like, here's the thing. And people want to, re- I mean, cause some people are saying, oh, well, people are getting burned on superheroes and blah, blah, blah. Not true. Yeah, it's not true. One, <laughs> one, 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 but here's the thing. Like, well, they're getting t- 
Pyro people like to have like superpowers and like crazy fighting mechanics. I'm like, look at the popularity of anime and manga. Mm -hmm. They would like a word with you. They would like (laughs) a um, word with you. And just, but the other thing too is like they, I haven't seen them do crazy reboots and all like, there's a little bit, like I said, it's just that that's where I get taken aback. And maybe I'm thinking like if the Zack Snyder cut does super well, and like you're saying, it it will it goes to what and I yeah exactly. But like if it if it ends the way you're kind of like alluding to it of like it ends with Superman being the typical big blue Boy Scout, then maybe mm-hmm. Warner Brother goes, hey JJ, instead of a reboot, just take fun, just take you know this Superman and just keep the ball rolling because obviously I would trust JJ trying to do big blue Boy Scout mm-hmm. Superman versus trying to do darker Zack Snyder Superman mm-hmm. yeah so I, yeah. we'll see there's that and you know beyond that like let's just see what happens like you know like obviously you're re- that's why I'm glad we kind of waited just a little bit after all this so that we could process and think about it and be like okay here here's where it could go here's these things that could happen here's the future that could take place I I think that there's a lot of different possibilities I just want to know, again, communication. Number two, take advantage of what you have on hand. And yes. we've been harping on it this whole time, and you're probably like, God, they keep repeating themselves. Well, yeah, because the thing is, is you need to have faith in the people that you invest in. And yeah. have faith in the characters that you literally have, your IP that you have. Trust Static Shock. Trust Black Lightning. And like like I said, like use those characters that are underused that don't yet have a, a live action movie. And I've been seeing people pleading for a Static Shock movie. Everyone I grew up with would be down with a Static Shock movie because we watched the TV show when we were kids. Like, and trust, to your point, like, yeah, trust the characters that you have and let everything flow naturally. You have such a wide diversity of characters from different backgrounds and different stories that you can tell. And on top of that, like, why don't you bring in a diverse group of people from all different kinds of backgrounds and all different kinds of writers and different writing styles, people of different race, of different sex, of different backgrounds, and use that to tell different kinds of unique stories that a lot of people will relate to. And it feels on the surface like that's something that they might be doing, which is great, but I want answers. (laughs) Yeah, and that's just where it gets confusing because it's just, I mean, between the Snyder Cut coming out and the trailer's looking really good for it, it has me excited. Uh, and apparently I've heard nothing but good things of the Superman and Lois uh, Superman and Lois uh, TV show that came out recently. That the first episode apparently was phenomenal. And uh, it's like, so you had all this good news and you kind of sat there and I was sitting here, I was like, okay, you know, DC's had polarizing stuff. They've had their ups and downs, but really seems like they're starting to kind of maybe get a footing and trying to get a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that. They, I think they kind of were starting to somewhat figure out after they made Shazam. Cause I love that movie and Shazam uh, is awesome. Oh yeah. And I just, but then I saw this and I'm just like, it just has me worried. Cause I was like, it just feels to me. Cause you want to, if you, if you ever find any of my stuff on, Twitter or Instagram, I always put at the end of my profile and long suffering Sonic fan, because every (laughs) time it seems like Sonic gets any momentum, Sega does something stupid. And it just, that's my worry with Warner brothers right now is that Superman was starting to get some pretty good momentum going. And now I'm just like, now we're back to being uncertain. Right. I think the only issue that I have with the news is just the uncertainty like they got a talented crew of people like that have success, like regardless of whether or not you like all of their stuff, they are successful. And I mean, they landed the job. So <laughs> that means that someone has faith in them to do it. The thing is, is we would like for you to take that faith and apply it to everything else that you've already not only built, but what you have in front of you. And that's what I'm hoping for. So like, I'm curious. I don't know where they're going to go with it. I had this whole idea planned of like when we were talking about this episode, like, oh, like, we'll just talk about like where we think it's going to go. But we don't know. 
That's like the big thing is like, it's just so it's going in so many different directions without a compass. And yeah. when you try to hike without a compass, you're going to have to rely on the sun and where it's setting, where it's rising. But what if it's cloudy? You don't know. Yeah. And all I want is just to have an idea, just a blueprint, a plan. And I'm hoping that that's what happens. I might be uncertain, but I do have faith in the people that are there. And not everyone's always going to give us a perfect thing. We're not always going to get a perfect product, but I'm just hoping that things work out. And I really would like an idea of where things are going to go. That's it. I know I sound like a broken record here, but well, just I can't to stress help drive it enough. <laughs> yeah, well, just to help to strive, like, really drive that home is with it being 2021, in two years, Man of Steel will be 10 years old. And wow. we've had Man of Steel, Donna Justice, Suicide Squad, Justice League, two Wonder Woman movies, and Shazam. And Birds of Prey. And it's like, yeah, it's a bunch of movies, but it's also just like, there's been this rocky roller coaster of like how all this fits together and all that. While whereas Marvel's just chugged along. Mm-hmm. And there's a whole, we could make a whole podcast episode about how the comparisons that people make to the MCU and the DC movies, which is unfair, but and, is yeah. what it is. There, there's no um, connection there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's just how people are. They're always going to, it's, always easiest to comppare because you know, mm-hmm. it's just how our brains work. You go for yeah. the easiest thing possible. Right. But, and and um, to be fair, th- they definitely were trying to build upon like an established connected universe that that connection I do understand, but yeah, it, it's a different process all entirely in itself. Oh yeah. And I just, what I'm saying is in that, I mean, uh, with the, since we're still two years away in the eight years since man of steel's come out, it's like, we haven't finished the Superman story and before Superman's going to get rebooted before we get man of steel too. Yeah. And that right there is why people like myself are just sitting here like jaw dropped going, did we upset you? What did, did did we offend you? And that's why this is happening. Mm -hmm. I honestly, I'm going to end this with a positive, like my, my final thoughts on the entire topic. I do want to bring some positive things into it. And I personally feel like DC, you know, it's been a rough patch for them, obviously like not, I'm not going to speak on like the quality of the movies, but definitely just in terms of like the overall trip that it's taken to kind of get to where we are now has not been perfect. There's been a lot of change ups. There's been a lot of direction changes and that happens. It's filmmaking. This is showbiz baby. The thing is, is that from what I've seen from DC over the last couple of years, and it really shined through, it kind of started with Wonder Woman. And well, I mean, it started at the very beginning, but I think people started to really be able to appreciate it with Wonder Woman was the fact that these filmmakers were all getting the ability to do something different and to have unique takes on these characters. And with Wonder Woman, like, I, I just love Wonder Woman. Maybe, like, you kind of got hints of, like, oh, this is different from all these, other, like, the other DC movies we've been. Maybe it's just the tone. Maybe it's just the characters. Maybe it's the approach that they had to Wonder Woman's character herself. But with Aquaman, I mean, come on. Like, who would have thought that Aquaman would be this big powerhouse of a movie that it became? I'm so glad it did, that it did. I really oh, like yeah. Jason Momoa, too. But <laughs> the thing about that is, like, you started seeing like, oh, this is more like I'm starting to see more and more of what James Wan is being able to do without worrying about building a universe because Zack Snyder had a very unique style, but he also had this huge task of creating this universe and kickstarting it and world building for all these different characters that have hardly even been introduced. And with Aquaman, they had the time to breathe and whatever way you feel about Aquaman, it's a unique, fun, a little silly and there's a lot of James Wan story and filming techniques and things that he loves to put into the movie. And then Shazam, like we got Shazam, mm-hmm. which granted had some pretty horrifying moments, which I mean, David F. Sandberg, you are <laughs> a, 
you're a treasure. You're a master of horror. <laughs> and there were a couple scenes where I was like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> you can't believe that made that into this movie. That's horrifying. But we got to see different sides of his style and different ways to approach this unique character. And then Birds of Prey in itself. I mean, look at that movie. It's unique. Kathy Yan got to take this different approach to the characters and not just apply like, okay, just make a movie. They're like, make the movie you want to make. That's how it's been coming across. And it doesn't, it's not always perfect, but we're getting to see different and artistic approaches to these characters that I think a lot of filmmakers are probably stoked about. I mean, look at what happened with James Gunn coming over to the Suicide Squad. He's like, they gave me full creative control. They said I could do whatever I want. They said I could kill off whoever I want. They gave me the creative power to tell the story that I wanted to tell. And that's why at first, yeah, you know, like with Superman, like it's frustrating because we didn't get his full story, but also there's a positive to be taken away from that. Wow, I've been talking for a long time. There's a positive to be taking away from this in that there could be this completely new and unique story that we get to experience with the character that we already know or with a new character that's set in a different continuity, but we get something that's potentially fueled by love and passion from the filmmaker. And I think that's really cool. I mean, I will be the first to say that I would be okay being proven wrong. And what they come up with is phenomenal because I usually, I will point out when I was the person who didn't think guardians of the galaxy would work. Mm -hmm. I thought it was too obscure. Like no one's going to care about these characters. And boy, was I wrong. And we, we I was okay. <laughs> yeah. Like, and I will gladly take that L and proudly be like, yeah, I was incorrect. And, but incorrect in a good way of like, I'm happy to be wrong. And so if you listen to this and you're just like, and a lot of it comes from the fact that like, yeah, Superman is my favorite hero. So I'm going to be a little more passionate about it. Mm -hmm. It would be like if a, Street Fighter movie was coming out and they did something stupid like I don't know make you know uh Barog one of the good guys or make Ryu and Ken not the main heroes and Jean and Jean-Claude Van Damme is guy wait that happened and um <laughs> all those things happened um or uh but, well actually I think we'll, we'll talk about it in a second I was going to say something about the Mortal Kombat movie but in a positive way go on but to your point like I get a little more passionate about it. So, mm -hmm. but I am okay to be proven wrong. I would love like the first time we see a trailer, gosh, since they're just announcing it, we're probably still a year, maybe even two years from actually seeing anything. So, cause like we're pointing out, they might be waiting to see what the reaction to the Snyder cut is before they move forward and even start writing, let alone anything else. Right. Well, they don't so, even have a director. They have a producer and a writer. That's, yeah, it. That's, exactly. it. that's all we know. So yeah. So like we, we are so far and plans can change. Hence, like I said earlier with the Eternals, which is supposed to come out the end of last year. And now we don't know where it is. So plans can change. Yeah. And uh, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'd love to find out that they thought they're going to do a reboot and they, do, they decide to keep Cavill or mm -hmm. even if they go with the reboot it ends up being really good. I'm okay with that. Just yeah. so people understand, like I'm not, I'm just talking about my frustration and my worry, not trying to be like, mm -hmm. it's going to, I'm, I'm not assuming it's going to suck. It's right. Like you got to prove that to me first. Right. We're not here to dunk on these people. We're just, we're discussing it in hopes of finding out an idea of where we think it might go. And Tenahisi Coates, I think he might write an awesome screenplay. I'm excited for that. I hope that he does really well. I hope everything comes together well. So I'm I'm behind this. I am behind what happens. I hope that we get some clarity on it. But it, it's just, you know, like this is the overall topic of what we're talking about. And that that sounded redundant. This is <laughs> in the in the grand scheme of what we're talking about. We are excited and passionate about these things. And that's why we feel so strongly about the direction of where it's where we want to go. 
we just want some idea. Yes. Honestly, that's the easiest way to put it. We just want to know what are you doing with this character that is so iconic and beloved and been around for so long. I couldn't agree like, more. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, <laughs> I, I'm glad that, you know, like I think us talking about it actually gave us like a better feeling of like, Hey, there's a lot of things to be excited about. There's some things that we still kind of want some clarity on, but either way, you know, here, here's kind of what we're expecting. And, you know, now that we've expressed some, maybe some ideas or theories, like it puts a lot of things in an interesting light. I'm just hoping that everything works out and I'm hoping that there's a lot of success to be involved. So for me, in conclusion, I'm hoping that we get to see our Superman back on the big screen, super or not. And by our Superman, I mean the character that we know and love because that's the most important aspect of all of it. Cause this episode at its heart is really about Superman, but also about the characters that surround Superman and these other characters that we also have grown in love. It's not just him. It's about every, all these, oops, I just bumped my mic. It's all about these pieces of these characters coming together and forming this big giant puzzle that we can love to look at. And even though it took some time to come together, it's there. Yeah, exactly. And, and, We'll see. I mean, for those of y'all that stick around long enough, or maybe those of you listening in the future, uh, we can find out how well this episode ages. And yeah. that'll be fun all by itself. I'm hoping it ages well or that everything is just awesome. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> That's like, I, I only have positive thoughts. I, I give positivity. I give positivity. Take a penny, leave a penny. Give a positivity. <laughs> take. I'm going to stop. <laughs> Either way, guys. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on Breaker. We are everywhere. You cannot hide from us. We love hearing from you guys. What are your thoughts on what the future is of the DCEU Superman or the DCEU in general? Maybe the movies that were coming out, the Batman, different takes on this on similar characters and Elseworld universes. Let us know. Send us your thoughts and reach out to us. We're really excited to see what the future of DC is. I got my fingers crossed. Me as well. And because like I said, I, we wanted to succeed. So yeah, I'm always, I'm, I'm going to stay optimistic. Absolutely. Cause the thing is, you know, who would be optimistic about this situation? Superman. Superman. That's right. <laughs> Superman, our big blue boy scout. Either way, we are the internet world order. I'm Austin cook. And I am Caleb McLemore. And we will see you guys soon. See you guys.